Welcome to Acts 18.9 Podcast, where I strive to bring the words of that verse into fruition. I'm your host, Alan Thomas, and this episode is entitled, Why It Hurts to Love. To love is to put your heart on a proverbial emotional line, which, as love will have it, signals to the entire world that you have chosen to make yourself vulnerable to heartbreak. Yes, it sounds a bit cold and heartless to say, but if you are being completely honest with yourself, you will agree that being vulnerable to heartbreak can't be divorced from being in love. Why? Because opening up your heart to another is truly an act of faith. And you can't have one without the other. You see, love is not that complicated to comprehend as others would like for you to believe because it only requires one willing participant. Consider this. One party may be deeply in love with the other while the other party may not have that same feeling or emotion which often happens in life and, unfortunately, in love. The key to any successful personal relationship is reciprocation. It's the oil that keeps personal relationships from drying up and from falling apart. Let's talk about love being that act of faith, because it really is. Consider this. The act upon something first begins with making a conscious decision to do and in doing in a context of love is an act of seeking so is doing seeking not quite remember before anyone takes the affirmative step to seek love they must first determine whether they will make the conscious decision to do so And that's the linchpin to doing. It takes faith to act on your emotion. And that's the hardest part of deciding to seek love. Now, seeking comes in many forms, such as going to bars, attending social gatherings, participating in online or traditional dating, and last but the most important of all is praying. By praying, you are exercising your faith and that you believe what you pray for will actually come into fruition. Question, when you prayed for a spouse or pray for a spouse, do you also pray that that person will love you back? Many don't. They want to blame God when they fall in love with someone who doesn't love them back. Remember, love only requires one willing participant. And God will give you what you pray for, but you have to be specific in what you pray for. As written in Matthew 21, 22, which reads as follows. In all things, whatsoever ye should ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. 
Did you hear those key words? Ask and prayer and believing. A lot of us don't realize in prayer, God knows exactly what we really want. Even when we are ourselves unconscious of that fact. Here's how God knows what we are unconsciously praying for. As written in Psalms 139, 1 through 2. Which reads as follows. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. You see, God knows each of us truly, and he knows exactly what we're going to pray for beforehand. But we have to know what our heart truly desires for him to answer our prayers. Consider what's written in Proverbs 16, 1 through 3, which reads as follows. The preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Question. While praying for a spouse or when you pray for a spouse, did you qualify what you wanted in him or her specifically? Did you ask God to bless you with someone who's going to reciprocate your love? But only if he or she had blank. I let you fill in the blank. And be honest with yourself. That blank could have been a high paying job. Nice build. Be physically attractive. Super intelligent was somewhat intelligent, great cook, well-organized, or etc. If so, that's perfectly normal, and it's called being human. But if your heart or in your thoughts you desire the but only if blank more than your love being reciprocated, then God will establish your thoughts. With the end result, resembling this line, from Adele's song, Someone Like You, which goes like this. Sometimes it lasts in love, but sometimes it hurts instead. What I am saying is this. We need to pray for reciprocated love as opposed to, but only if blank instead, so that marriages last in love. Watch what you desire in your heart. Because as written in Proverbs 4.23, the issues of life will seep into it. Proverbs 4.23 reads as follows. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Question. What makes love so fulfilling other than having it reciprocated? Time. Yes. It's time. Consider this analogy. You plant a seed, water the soil above it, nurture the seed as it grows from the ground up into a beautiful plant that you are proud to show off. Why? Because you put a great deal of effort 
into bringing it to life. And in doing so, you are fulfilled. The same holds true with humans. When emotions turn from a crush or an interest into a strong emotional feeling, we humans begin to nurture that emotion as it turns into love. And what makes us fulfilled in love is seeing the fruit of our effort being reciprocated in kind. Why do so many people struggle to find love? Since it only requires one willing participant. Before I answer that question, I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to purchase my book, which is entitled The Vessel. You are more than you think. All it takes is faith. You can purchase it on Amazon. I also encourage you to listen to prior episodes of this podcast. The last one is entitled, It's Not You, But Them, where I discuss mankind and how not to take what it does personally, because God has your back. Now, back to this episode and the question that you want answered. Why do so many people struggle to find love? Since it only requires one willing participant. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Because they haven't learned to love themselves. You can't reciprocate love if you don't know how it feels to first love yourself. Listen, if you hadn't learned to love yourself, it's okay. Because you are not the only one who haven't. Some have sought mental health counseling while a great deal have not, which leads them to hurt those who love them. I encourage you to read another one of my books, which is entitled Life Sums, P-S-A-L-M-S, A Reflective Perspective, which is also sold on Amazon. It's a very quick read and speaks of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from a reflective spiritual perspective. So don't give up on yourself and pray, believing in your heart and in your thoughts that God will answer your prayers. And be patient with your anticipation of God answering your prayers because he answers prayers on his own time and not ours. In fact, in Micai 7, 7, the Bible states the following. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the Lord of my salvation. My God will hear me. You see, waiting is also an act of faith. To do otherwise is to show God that you never believed in your heart that he will answer your prayer. The Bible also encourages us to actively pursue love and become one with our spouse, as written in Matthew 19, 4 through 5, which reads as follows. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife and they twine shall be 
one flesh. You can't become one flesh if there's no love between husband and wife or shared spiritual belief between husband and wife. In fact, 2 Corinthians 6.14 warns of that. It reads as follows. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion have light with darkness? And in Ephesians 5, 11 through 12, it echoes that warning. It reads as follows. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. So, what does love look like? Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 answers that very question. It refers to love as charity and reads as follows. Charity suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not. Charity vaulted not itself. Is not poofed up. Do not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. So, why do people date those who are not equally yoked with them or exhibit those listed characteristics and risk falling in love with the wrong person because they don't know better? Well, that's not actually true. A lot of us do know better, but because we are human, we think that we can control who we fall in love with or who our heart will be stolen from <laughs> which humans and personal history has proven have not been a factual assumption to maintain we can't help what the heart wants but if we are reading and adhering to God's word we can keep from falling for the wrong person but with God, you can't go wrong by opening up your heart to him. In fact, he will never break it. All God wants to do is love you and welcome you into his kingdom. But his love is conditioned on you being equally yoked with him, which means that you must adhere to his word and acknowledge Jesus Christ as his son question is love a representation of you of course it is why else would you tell others about it and show it with physical expressions such as holding hands kissing in public for the world to see some go as far as posting moments of their love on social media which makes losing that love even more painful when it ends because the entire world would know that too. So why do Christians, why don't they celebrate 
their love of God and share their close relationship with him publicly. It can be because they are afraid that God might break up with them and thus don't want the world to know when he does. Maybe it's because they don't want the world to know when they have broken up with God and be judged for doing so. Or maybe it's as simple as this. They are not reciprocating the love that they are receiving from God and thus are too ashamed to admit that publicly or in private. But since God knows your heart and know how you truly feel about him, he doesn't care how others see your walk with him. All he cares about is what you do for him in his name, which implies action being taken on your part, i.e. telling others of his word and living a righteous life so that others will want to seek his grace and his mercy. Upon seeing how you have been transformed by God and how he has been transforming your life since accepting him as your Lord and Savior. In fact, Colossians 3.17 reads as follows. And whatever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. You know, with God, we are capable of doing some pretty miraculous things. As written in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Moreover, Romans 8, 38 through 39 teaches that God's love would never be lost from us. It reads as follows. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, D-E-P-T-H, nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God. So I have another question. Is love temporal in nature? Yes. And if you don't believe that, consider my plant analogy where I discuss how plants blossom as a direct result of the effort you put into nurturing it over time. And how that same holds true with human emotion, that transition into love over time. Now, don't go thinking because you have a spouse who reciprocates your love that all will be bliss in your marriage because it won't. But as I said earlier, what the Bible teaches in the context of love is this. Know what love is and how to identify it. Knowing and identifying love are not the same because if you don't first learn to love yourself, then you may not be in a good position to identify love when you are exposed to it. Last but not least, the Bible teaches us not to marry someone we are not equally yoked with and to cleave to those that we are as one flesh. Otherwise, we may find ourselves married to the devil. Question. Does mankind's rejection of God's love hurt him? 
Absolutely. Consider what's written in Hosea 11, 1 through 4, which reads as follows. When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. As they called him, so they went from them. They sacrificed unto Balaam and burned incense to graven images. I taught Ephraim also to go, taking them by their arms, but they knew not that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man, with bands of love, and I was to them as they that take off the yoke on their jaws. And I laid meat unto them. Now, reading from Hosea 11, 7, 9, you will hear God's disappointment in mankind and how hurt he was when mankind rejected his love. It reads as follows. And my people are bent to backsliding from me, though they call them to the most high. None at all will exalt him. How shall I give up thee, Ephraim? How shall I deliver thee, Israel? How shall I make thee as Ammon, A-D-M-A-H? How shall I see thee as Zebion, Z-E-B-O-I-M? My heart is turned within me. My repentings are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man. The one, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. You see, God has made it clear that he is not us. And because of that, his grace and mercy transcends all to include his disappointment of us and our constant backsliding. And despite all of our shortcomings, God sent his only begotten son here to save us from ourselves. As the Bible teaches, Jesus in human form exercised his free will to follow through with God's will for him to be our sacrificial lamb. But not before an angel helped strengthen his resolve to do so, as written in Luke 22, 41 through 44, which reads as follows. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, but not my will, but thy be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in an agony, and being in an agony. Interesting. He prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Also powerful. Being honest, that's the kind of love that only the Son of God 
can exhibit. And in doing so, Jesus showed us charity suffereth long, is kind, and that it beareth all things, believeth all things, hope all things, and endureth all things. Jesus praying and having to be strengthened by an angel to do God's will must have been a sight for his disciples to see since they were only a stone's throw away. A man who raised the dead, turned water into wine, and made the blind to see, praying, being in agony for God to remove that task from him. No wonder Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh upon his father but through him. So, by not acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God, you are rejecting God the Father, as written in Luke 10, 16, which reads as follows. He that heareth you, heareth me. And he that despiseth you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him that sent me. So yes, it does hurt God when those who refuse to reciprocate his love, in spite of that, God continues to wait at the altar for them to join him in his kingdom. Consider the following before turning away from God. Even though love requires one willing participant, there is a price associated with not reciprocating God's love. And that price is eternal damnation. As written in Romans 6, 23, which reads as follows. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I implore you to consider this. Mankind's time to reciprocate God's love is not infinite. As written in Matthew 24, 35 through 36, which reads as follows. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So I encourage you to seek a community of like-minded believers of God's word and get baptized so that you can join the kingdom of God. I encourage you to also listen to prior episodes of this podcast for more information about the afterlife, the Holy Spirit, and the role of the church. It'll help you find your way to a community of believers, of like-minded people. 1 John 5, 4 teaches, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. You see, Jesus, being born of God, knew the reason for his season here on earth and that his death was crucial for us 
to overcome the world through our faith. Isn't God merciful? I pray that you never have to experience the pain that would come from forsaking God's love. In closing, if you enjoyed this podcast and this episode, please follow and subscribe to it. That way, you'll know when new episodes are posted. I am not making any money, nor am I seeking any money. I'm doing this podcast to show God as an act of faith that I believe in him, his son, and his word. And I hope this podcast helps you grow closer to God. So if you want to support this podcast, I encourage you to purchase the books that I author. The Vessel, You Are More Than You Think. All It Takes Is Faith and Life Psalms, A Reflective Perspective. You can find them both on Amazon. And may God bless you and keep you. Thank you.